there wasn't a big dramatic moment when it happened. I just looked up one day and realized I wasn't a Christian. And it was just like that because somebody asked me what I believed. And I said, I don't know, but I'm not a Christian. Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today I'm joined by one of our newest staff members at Search, Taylor Neal, on our staff in Houston, Texas, and we're on location. I came to you, man. You must be a really big deal to make this happen. Just really hard to make plans with. That's all. (laughs) If we wanted to capture this. Yeah. No, Taylor, seriously, thank you for being my guest on the podcast today. It's a pleasure. Excited about it. Well, I'm excited to have you. I'm really looking forward to introducing you to everybody that's listening right now. And um, why don't we start by just give us a little bit of your biographical information. You're married, you got kids, kind of how old are you? Just the basic stuff about life, and then we'll dive into some of your story. Sure. Well, I'm 34. Uh, I've been married to my wife, Melissa, for coming up on 10 years this year in November. Um, And that will actually also be our 17th anniversary of dating. So we got together when we were in high school. I was a junior. She was a sophomore. Um, We got married. We do have three kids now. We have six, four, and two. So we're right in that crucible, you know, with the three young kids. Um, But everybody's doing great. And yeah, we we couldn't be happier. And now you're doing this. And now I'm doing search. And that's the end of the story. No. So you, (laughs) and you came to us from a very, very different line of I did. work and uh, not your typical career path to joining search. Right, right. right. Yeah. So I, I spent 10 years in the insurance industry uh, trying to climb that ladder a little bit. And um, since I really got involved with apologetics, um, I, I've maintained a deep passion for it. And so I was doing some ministry activity, whether it was you know apologetics classes or just more of a traditional kind of discipleship with an eye towards apologetics. But I found that as, you know, as I was getting older and there were greater demands on my time and on my money with the growing family, uh, that was kind of getting pushed into the margins of our life. And that didn't feel consistent with what God had called us to do. And so that began a period of kind of seeking. And ultimately through reflecting on that, that's, you know, we decided um, we, we were in fact being called to leave the lifestyle that we had lived and enter into full-time ministry, make it the center of my work life. What's really fascinating about your story and even that you're with us now on our staff with Search is that you went through a period of really questioning all of yeah. the things that we're now out sharing with people every right. day. And and I, as far as I know, you might be the maybe the person with the most kind of falling away type yeah. of story that's yeah. come back to faith and now is on our on our staff. I don't know if we have something quite like your story. I find it fascinating. So can you take us back to those days when you were really doubting what was going on with you? What yeah. made you question what you believed? Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for that. Um, I think the first chink in the armor for me was that I was a, a very inquisitive little boy, kind of like my son is. Uh, just always asking questions. Everything in my worldview needed to fit together and make sense and started really early. And I found that generally people liked that. People responded well to that. I got good reactions to it when I was a kid, except for in church, they didn't like that as much. And I didn't have as many positive interactions around that. 
In fact, um, in church, when I, when I ask all my questions, I tended to get two kinds of responses, either really bad answers or really concerned answers. So uh, for bad answers, how I'm would talking- you ask that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with your faith? Um, and those were the more damaging kinds of questions. Um, but kind of what started it was we were studying Genesis um, in Sunday school one week. And I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. Jurassic Park is the number one movie in the world at this time. And so, you know, everybody else is staying with the teacher and I'm flipping ahead in Genesis looking for where it talks about the dinosaurs. And, you know, to my dismay, find out that the dinosaurs are not in the Bible. And so I asked the obvious question and the teacher in kind of a confused, panicked state responded that he thinks that back when Satan ruled the earth, he buried the dinosaur bones to confuse us. So let not your heart be troubled, little boy who loves dinosaurs. They're not real. And so that was devastating information to me uh, because I love dinosaurs. I didn't want them to be a scheme of the devil. Um, But the, the reason this is important is because it, it kind of became a theme for me growing up. I'd get that really bad answer. I'd get that really concerned answer. So it's no wonder that I took on this idea that I had some kind of spiritual deficiency. Everybody else in class seemed to understand what we were being taught, but I didn't, and I still had questions. And then later I inferred something different from this dynamic, and that was that I wasn't getting good answers because there weren't any good answers. And so... Uh, As so many do, when I went off to college, uh, I just fell away. There wasn't a big dramatic moment when it happened. I just looked up one day and realized I wasn't a Christian. And it was just like that because somebody asked me what I believed. And I said, I don't know, but I'm not a Christian. Wow. I know that's what they wanted to know. And that was the first time I said it out loud and the first time I really realized, wow, I guess that's true about me. So... Did you abandon belief in God? Did you abandon theism? Did you, wh- or did you just not believe Jesus? Like, where, where, did, where did it go back to? I, I did the thing that a lot of people do when they fall away from faith. I didn't believe in Christianity anymore, but I held Christ in very high regard. Um, but I, I didn't believe in God either. So the answer is kind of all of the above. I kind of rejected it all, but I, I still regarded Jesus very highly. Um, and I knew that there was some tension with that, that it was a little bit inconsistent, but to me, that was an easier pill to swallow. And, um, you know, this was a, this was also a difficult time in my life because I, I think that along with that realization, I started to put together that secularism couldn't give me what I was looking for, which was meaning. I was really on a search for meaning during that time in my life. And um, I found myself in a really unsatisfying spot because my childhood faith hadn't provided what I was looking for. And secularism on its merits couldn't provide what I was looking for. And so that was a lonely and difficult time. And that's kind of the state that I was in when I found apologetics. And so, yeah. Well, so let's just pretend that somebody's listening to this and they don't know what apologetics yes, is. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, let me define that. So apologetics uh, comes from the Greek root apologia. It means to make a defense. So someone who defends the central truth claims of Christianity would be a Christian apologist. And I stumbled onto it because being a resourceful millennial um, during this questioning period, I Googled, does God exist? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and what did the Google machine tell you? It, it, it was inconclusive. It said like the number 42, I believe was the answer. Now, um, the first result was a debate 
that had just taken place between Richard Dawkins, he's a Oxford zoologist and a prominent atheist, and um, Professor John Lennox, who's a mathematician also at Oxford. And they had this debate uh, at the Natural History Museum with these big, impressive dinosaur bones kind of behind the stage. It was really neat. And I didn't come to any conclusions from having watched that debate. But what was amazing to me was I, I saw science and philosophy and history and even archaeology marshaled in favor of God's existence. And I always thought that those things were the domain of the atheist. They've staked out that ground and the Christians have faith and they have you know, empirical evidence, I guess you could say. But um, I thought that you know, that just wasn't a thing that Christians did. But, he, but John Lennox did and he did it well. And it was really attractive. And so I wanted to hear more. And um, it was like coming back to life when I really got into the study of apologetics, because so many things that I realized I believed about the nature of reality, that there is an objective realm of good and bad out there, that value really is real, that there's a meaning to life that's not just made up. Um, all of those things only really made sense if God exists. And that was uh, amazing to me. So I didn't become a Christian right away. But um, I, I did come back to believing that God existed in, in fairly short order. So when did the when did everything change? When did you say, okay, I'm I'm in with with Jesus? I I really believe that his his death and his resurrection and the gospel story. Well, um, for me, it was C.S. Lewis, and I had read through Mere Christianity, and um, a, a big piece of that was the the moral argument, kind of up front in the book, you know, once I realized the, uh, the choice that I had was either to reject that morality exists as an objective feature of reality or God, that was an easy choice. Okay, God. So I'm there. And then um, I, I'd never heard the Christian doctrines explain the way that he did, and it just made sense to me. It resonated with me in a way. And then when I looked into the, the historical evidence for the resurrection, I eventually I came to this point where I think you know, I think it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here like 51, 49. I think it's more probably true than not. And um, I said, okay, but being the, you know, rational person that I was, I was like, if I, if it's more likely true than not, then I'll live as if it's true. And that's when the transformation happened. When I began to live as a Christian again, my whole life changed. Um, so I didn't have the dramatic conversion moment. It was an intellectual commitment, but the heart came after when I started living as a Christian, my, my whole life changed. My relationships changed. My attitude changed and uh, really took me from a, a dark place where I was, you know, a pretty isolated and unhappy young person uh, to, to being on the path that I am now still. So what made you want to leave the business world? You had a great gig. Why would you want to leave that and do search of all the things you could do? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things at play there. I mentioned already that as the commitments of a growing family were placing greater demands on my time, on my resources, I felt that this thing that I really cared about was getting marginalized. And so that was one thing. But the other thing was, I, I, I remember looking back at so many points in my life and thinking, man, when I make this much money, God, it's going to be easier. I'm going to be so much happier when I hit this number. 
And then I would hit that number. And sure enough, the goalpost is moved by that time. Well, I wasn't anticipating that we would have two kids by now. So really the number is, that's the number that's going to make me happy is still out there though. And it's this number. And, you know, it wasn't just finances, but it was other things like that. And I kept kind of climbing and striving really hard to meet these milestones and getting there and finding out that it's just not satisfying. And then, you know, as a lot of people do, I kind of look up, I'm getting into my mid thirties. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this forever. I want to do something that I really am passionate about, that I really care about. And, um, and then I can't understate the significance of God just placed a call on, on me, on Melissa. We look around us and everybody we know, everyone in our circles are all Christians because we have our life group. The only other friends we had outside of that that we see on a regular basis were our kids' friends. So it was, a, it was kind of a bubble. And again, there's something felt inconsistent with that about the call that I'd been given. There's 3 million people in the greater Houston area that rarely or never go to church and they all matter to God. And what am I doing about that? And so I, I felt a call, I felt convicted. Um, but also if something was going to get squeezed out, we just decided it wasn't going to be ministry. Well, we're sure glad that you joined the search team, and a lot of people listening to this are probably uh, just fascinated to hear your story. If somebody's listening to this podcast and they want to know, okay, maybe I've never heard of search, you know, I, I love you, Taylor, or I've known you from uh, other things, or just life, friend, family, uh, can you give them just a little synopsis of what what are you doing now with search? What what do we do, and maybe how they might be able to plug in with you? Well, let me do it this way. Um, if you're somebody out there like me, who's really had to wrestle with a lot of questions and wanted things to make sense and it hasn't gone well for you in church, um, think about what would it have meant to you to have a space where somebody said, your doubts are welcome here. And um, I have stood where you stand and I'm inviting you to think deeply about these questions with us and wrestle with God over your questions, because I believe that when we do that, God uses that experience to draw us into him. That's the main thing that I learned looking back. I learned that the reason for my doubts had been for God to give me a knowledge of him that he wanted me to have, because it really is true that he, he's there and he loves me. And so that was transformative in my life. And that's what I get to do with search is create that space, create that space for other people to be able to come and bring their doubts and wrestle with God. Um, and there's a lot more to it, of course, but, but that, that's what ignites my passion. Yeah. And if somebody's listening to this and they're a believer, they want to reach their friends, uh, but they don't quite know how, uh, Hey, I would encourage you if you're in that category, reach out to Taylor. If you're listening to this, you, you probably know him, but there's a lot of different ways that you can partner with Taylor in uh, in the ministry that he's doing here here with Search. So, uh, somebody doesn't have your information, Taylor. You got an email address? I'm sure we give you an email address. Yes, we do that, true. right? Yes. What it, is it? It is tneil at searchnational.com. That's t n e i l l at searchnational.org. And you can also uh, text me. My number is eight three two four nine two seven six one two. Awesome. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for being on the Search in Your City podcast. We sure appreciated having you. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Go give us a rating, a review. If you like this podcast, we would sure appreciate that. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.